0: Section 58 of Paved with Gold. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Judy Mason. Paved with Gold by Augustus Mayhew. Chapter 25 of Book the Third, The Road to Ruin. Accounts are Settled there was one poor creature connected with that unhappy family who all unconscious of evil rose cheerfully from her bed thankful that the daylight had returned again to send her dear merchant to her side he would be there at eight she thought two hours more of patient waiting and his arm would be round her waist and his lips on her cheek the sad news came harshly upon her had the people of the hotel known how dearly she had loved that wretched man they would have dribbled out the miserable tidings so that she might have guessed at her sorrow but to them she was merely mrs tattenham a friend of the dead captain the landlord undertook to carry up the intelligence he rather liked the office he gave strict orders to the waiters not to speak a word he would manage the business Whilst the breakfast cloth was being laid, Bertha stood, watching at the window. She desired the waiters not to bring up the eggs until Captain Crozier arrived. They answered, Yes, mum, in their usual tone, but could not help strange thoughts passing through their minds. The landlord made his appearance. Bertha wondered what he could have to say to her and listened coldly to the remarks he passed upon the weather. At length he coughed, and commenced the speech he had prepared sad affair that last night ma'am at swanborough they say mr nathaniel crosier is nearly out of his mind she listened inquiringly you've not heard of the robbery then ma'am they broke in about two this morning and i am told carried off an amazing quantity of things having reached this climax of his news the landlord coughed again and hesitatingly said i hope you will not give way ma'am or allow your feelings to overcome you but no hopes are entertained of captain crosier's recovery in fact he is no more poor bertha they put her to bed and the same doctors who in the morning had stood round the dead body of merton crosier were now consulting over the almost lifeless form of the girl he would have ruined she lay without consciousness for two days the women of the house came often to the bed and spoke to her but not a limb was moved in answer the doctors sighed when they felt her pulse and then said such things as life is trembling in the scale and we must trust to nature that is our only chance the nurse had stringent orders to force open the lips and drop ether into the mouth miss one-half hour said the medical gentleman and she dies the inquest on merton crosier's body took place the surgeons who performed the post-mortem examination gave it as their opinion that the deceased had died from disease of the heart accelerated by excitement one man when he read this verdict of the jury drew a deep sigh as if a heavy load were taken off his shoulders the fellow called tater-trap sam knew more than the doctors he remembered very well the struggle that had taken place on the landing and how he had held a thick cloth to the dead man's mouth to smother his cries it is possible that the captain died of a diseased heart but tater-trap sam was certainly accelerating the cause three days after the funeral a lady in deep mourning insisted upon seeing mr nathaniel crozier he repeatedly sent word he wished to be private and could not be disturbed in his affliction but the visitor was stubborn finding that her entreaties were of no avail she called for pen and paper and on the hall table wrote a letter which she signed your daughter bertha crozier she was admitted he pitied her because she wept so bitterly and therefore listened patiently to her story his quick brain soon understood the part his son had acted the private marriage at the registrar's and merton's disinclination to introduce his bride into his father's family were sufficient for the banker to guess the remainder of the romance but he was softened by the loss of his well-beloved son he had the mercy not to undeceive the poor girl she's virtuous and heaven be praised unharmed he thought why sully the memory of my unfortunate boy did dear merchant leave any will he inquired in the gentlest tone he could utter when he heard of the will drawn up whilst the knowing soldier was courting her at her mother's house and in which bertha Hazelwood was left sole possessor of whatever her lover might at his death possess the father rejoiced greatly for now he foresaw there would be no occasion to disturb the secrecy of the deceit the banker kept the promise he made vautrin he summoned up all his courage and although he cursed and swore as he made over the moneys to his grandson managed to sign the deed his hatred to vautrin extended to the man's offspring indeed it was only when he learned that at the time of the burglary philip was in paris and could not therefore be inculpated in the robbery that he considered himself justified in fulfilling his oath the news of this inheritance had already been communicated to the young man by his own father whom he had met lounging on the boulevards dressed in a style of fashion which, as a man of fortune, he was entitled to assume. The roll of notes had done what nothing else, in the opinion of the world, could have done made a gentleman of a scoundrel. End of section fifty eight. End of paved with gold by Augustus Mayhew.